Welcome to the Veterans Perspective, presented by the Michigan Veterans Affairs Agency, with your host, Director of the MVAA, Zanetta Adams. Welcome back to the Veterans Perspective. Today, we're talking about veterans in the arts and the healing power of the arts. Joining us to talk about that today is Ted Meyer, who is the creator of Scarred for Life Veterans Project, a multifaceted visual arts presentation and documentary film that honors the stories of American veterans, and Pamela Alderman, artist and curator, and Martha Burkett, director of the Kent County Veterans Services. This is a great uh, show that we will have today to talk about different opportunities uh, for veterans in the arts, but also I think it's timely with everything that's going on in our country. So I hope that you will stick around with us, um, get some great insight on some art projects and ways that you can be creative and also uh, get on the path to healing. So stick with us. We'll be right back on the Veterans Perspective. Welcome back to the Veterans Perspective. Today we're talking about veterans in the arts and the healing power of arts. I think it's important though, before we get into that conversation that we talk about something that's really prevalent in the news. And I, I think why it's important for us to have outlets in order to help us. And that's what's been going on in Afghanistan. Now, you know, I, I, I wanna start off really by saying that you're not alone if you're struggling or you're having flashbacks or thoughts about the conflict as it, as it stands right now. And, you know, um, I've talked about this on this show before, but, you know, back in 2005, you know, I was, I was working for Head Start. I was helping out children and I was put on orders for Operation Iraqi Freedom. And, you know, for 11 months and 23 days, I was away from my family. Um, during that 11 months and 23 days, I was severely injured, fell from a deuce and a half truck with the rails up while preparing to go overseas. And, you know, with everything that's happened, and I, I wasn't even in country, um, but I did make some sacrifices. And I think about uh, the fact that, you know, I had some relationships that will never be the same because I was gone from my young children for almost a year and my husband. And so there are scars from that. Those scars, emotional and physical, still linger today. I mean, with the multiple surgeries and uh, the pain even that I sit with today. And so I, I, I can't help but think about you know, why, why was my service important, right? Um, did I do it all in vain? Was my service in vain? And, you know, as, I, as I've contemplated that over the last couple of weeks, I've thought about what my service and the service of the many, many uh, veterans who have honorably served this country and those who are still serving this country um, did, did for the civilian population. It brought a level of peace knowing that our folks were over there protecting our soil far away. So if that's one of the outcomes, I think that it was worth it. I think about the, uh, the people that were kept safe because of those who were fighting abroad. For that, it was worth it. I think about the fact that we kept terrorism at bay and we protected 
the safety and security of this country through the many changes that occurred because of the service that was necessary to protect us. And for that, it was worth it. And while you out there listening may not look at it the same way, know that you're not alone in feeling that there's a, there's a dynamic there that you need to think about. And so I, I bring that up to say that there are ways that you can connect. There are ways that you can be supported. There are ways that we can support one another because we always talk about no one getting left behind. And it is my role as the director of the Michigan Veterans Affairs Agency to try to ensure that we're leaving no one behind. And so that you can call 1-800-273-8255 and press one and talk to someone about how you're feeling. And it doesn't make you a weak person because you have to reach out to have a conversation. That's the VA crisis line. You can also give us a call at 1-800-MISHFET. That's 1-800-642-4838. And we can get you connected to someone who understands and who can help you get through this time and knowing that you're not alone. But what I wanna encourage you, remind you of is that it's okay to feel this way. It's okay to not be okay. It's okay to feel impacted by everything that's going on, but it's not okay to keep it to yourself. We're here for you. I understand. And we don't want to leave you behind. And so, you know, as we talk about this show today, I want you to also remember that there are ways that you can uh, relieve some of the stress you may be dealing with and take your mind off of some of the struggles that you're having. And that's through the arts. And so I wanted to just kind of touch on a couple of different things. You can, um, you know, look at AmericanForTheArts.org. And that's where art forms that can be combined with healthcare, dance movement, drama, visual literary arts, performing arts and design. You may not feel like you're an artsy person, but I guarantee I'm one of those people. You know, I was the stick person. I drew the stick men all the time. But um, through art, I was able to find some passion. And, you know, it's really directed art because doing art on my own, that's probably not a good thing. But um, through some directed art, um, I've been able to, to heal. Also, the Henry Ford Health System has a program where they talk about art contributing to healing because it forces you to forge a connection between your mind and your body. Um, Every time you sit down to write a song or paint a picture or even write a poem, you're using mental processes and in physically engaging activity. So, you know, there are ways that you can seek help. There are ways that you can utilize opportunities for self-help. But the main point is, is that You need to seek those things. And so as we talk about today's show, hopefully, um, I think our next guest, who is Ted Meyer, I had an opportunity of seeing him when he came to Michigan a few years ago. He was at Grand Valley State University, and he does this amazing work with scars and art. And uh, I think that if you stay tuned, you'll be blown away by, by some of the things that he does. And hopefully, you know, when all is said and done, you'll check out his website and see how maybe you or someone you know um, could get involved in some of the things that he's doing with his art. So um, stick around. Thank you for your service. And we'll be right back on The Veterans Perspective. Welcome back to The Veterans Perspective. Our first guest today is Ted Meyer. 
Ted Meyer is a nationally recognized artist, curator, and patient advocate who helps patients, students, and medical professionals see the positive in the worst life can offer. Ted's 20-year project, Scarred for Life, Monoprints of Human Scars, chronicles the trauma and courage of people who have lived through accidents and health crises. Ted seeks to improve patient, physician communications, and speaks about living as an artist with illness, telling stories about his own art and the stories behind his scar art collection. He offers insight into living with pain, illness, and disfigurement. Ted has been featured on NPR and in the New York Times, Washington Post, Chicago Tribune, TED, and USA Today. His work has been displayed internationally in museums, hospitals, and galleries. Welcome to the show, Ted. Hi, great to be here. You know, Ted, it's great to, uh, even if it's just on the radio, to have you back in Michigan. Um, I remember it was a few years back, I, I, I got to see some of your work um, when you were at Grand Valley State University and just really, really impressive. Oh, well, thank you so much. And so, uh, Ted, I wanted to talk a little bit more with you about the Scarred for Life Veterans Project. As we're talking today about veterans in the arts and how they can um, express themselves through the arts. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so the Scar for Life project I started, as you were saying, 20 years ago, as a way of telling other people's stories. And, and this all, it started when, when I was young. I was very sick and I did work about the fact that I was sick. And then uh, NIH came up with some treatment for what I had. And I still wanted to tell stories about illness, but I really didn't have anything to say about myself. So I started a project uh, of doing monoprints of people's scars. It was based on a, a famous piece of artwork by Man Ray. I'm sure a lot of people have seen it of the woman's back and it has the little holes sort of superimposed on it like she's a cello. And I just thought, well, how can I, how can I represent what people have been through? And scars seemed like a normal, uh, an easy way into telling health stories of people with chronic illness or, or without. And I, so I started to make prints. And the more I made, the more stories I heard. And then uh, the National Museum of Health and Medicine came to me because they're part of Walter Reed and asked if I would do a show of veterans. This was 2016. So that's how I ended up specifically doing veterans. And so, you know, in your work with veterans, um, you know, what... What have you seen? I mean, I, I know that I would assume, because I, I have a scar on my back from the two back surgeries I've had from falling from a truck. And, you know, I think I'd be hesitant to, to have you do a print uh, onto some paper uh, of my back. But how, how, how have you seen veterans? Are, are they hesitant to work with you initially or are they really just open? Like, what do you, what's your experience? No, I, I found them to be very, open, whether they are conservative or liberal, they, they all want to tell their story. And, and my reason for doing, uh, I will say I'm pretty liberal, but I'm also a big supporter of people who have decided to volunteer to be in the military. And I, I know I wouldn't do it, but I, uh, and my family was military. My dad was in the military. Um, but I would see these people coming back and they had made these amazing sacrifices. And because a lot of the times the scars are covered up by clothing, people weren't seeing them. And, and I really wanted, especially my friends that were very anti-military, 
um, to see the sacrifices these guys made in their name, even if they didn't agree with them going over there, you know? So I, I wanted to make these prints so I could put them on display and for people to understand that if, if we're gonna send young men and young women in harm's way, what, what is the, what's the real uh, fallout from that? And by, let me say this a different way. When I was a kid and we would see people coming back from Vietnam and the last, 20 years, we haven't really seen veterans coming back. We haven't seen their the deaths. We haven't seen the injuries. And I wanted to put those out there so people could make an informed decision. And, and my way of thinking was if they can see the scars, they know that these people are making real sacrifices in their name, whether or not they're for the war or against the war. These people are putting themselves on the line. And I wanted that story to be told. So to me, each scar is a narrative of what did they, were they hit by an IED? Did they, you know, was there a bomb? Was uh, there an explosion? Um, I, I wanted to see what people are going through. And I was amazed The the veterans were, they wanted to get their story out. And the big difference I found uh, working with veterans as opposed to the general public general public might say, I, I was in a car accident, I had a heart transplant, whereas the veterans, it was a communal effort. I got this scar, um, and, it, and it's, I, I don't even know the right way to say this. It, 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 they would talk about, rather than their personal illness, they'd say, I got this, but the guy next to me got it worse, or I got, you know, it." It was a communal, it was a communal scar. It was about their time there. It was about their memories, what they were going through, who was next to them uh, in the tank or on patrol when they got hit. It was, it's a very different thing. There's uh, a much, I would say more giving, more less uh, self-centered scar. I think maybe that's a way to put it. Yeah, you know, I think about, you know, uh what you're saying. And it's, it's, it's about, you know, I, I, I got this scar serving my country. It was about something else and not necessarily about me. And so I, I, I definitely understand what you're saying. I, would you say, um, what would you say about the change that you've seen? You know, let's just say starting with a veteran who, you know, first has a conversation with you about what they're going to be doing um, with the art piece. And then from the, from the beginning and the end of the project, what, 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 what kind of growth or change have you seen in some of these veterans? You know, I think it's just like the general public. Some of them do it as a way to tell their story and inform the public. And then some of them call me afterward and go, can I have a copy to hang on my wall? There's something about doing scars and, um, you know, everybody, every veteran is going to remember the day a bomb went off near them. But healing is such a long-term project. It can take years and years and years. And sometimes there's no end date to actual healing where all of a sudden you feel better. Or in the case of a lot of veterans, there isn't an actual day where they feel 100% again. But they can look at this thing and put it on the wall and go, that's what I went through. It's sort of a visual representation of uh, there it is and there it's up on the wall. And I've, I've survived it. I've, I've continued with my life you know, once you put the print on. 
So what I do with these, and I know we're running short on time, is I do a monoprint off their body, and then I listen to their story, and whether it was a bomb or a tank or this or that, I paint that into the scar. So it's it's a real first, uh, it's a real narrative of what they went through serving the country. Well, that's phenomenal, and I think it's a great testament to uh, the vulnerability and the confidence that a veteran has gained to be able to walk through this process. You know, uh, before we wrap up, I would love for you to share where can veterans find out more information about uh, taking part in this, uh, in, in maybe one of your projects or even just seeing your art. Where can they learn more? There's uh, two places. There's tedmeyer.com and there is uh, scarredforlifeproject.com. And both of them link to the Scarred for Life Project. Okay, great. And you're still looking for veterans right now? I'm always looking for anybody with a really good scar and a really good story. Well, that's that's wonderful information, Ted. Thank you so much for joining us today. And we'll definitely have to figure out how we can get you back to Michigan and, and maybe work with some of our veterans here. I would love to do that. So uh, we'll be right back on the Veterans Perspective. And joining us will be Pamela Alderman, artist and facilitator, and Martha Burkett, the director of the Kent County Veterans Services. So stick around. We'll be right back on the Veterans Perspective. the Veterans Perspective. I'm your host, Sonetta Adams, Director of the Michigan Veterans Affairs Agency. And we're joined by Pamela Alderman and Martha Burkett. So just a little bit about Pamela. She is an artist and curator. Over the last 16 years, her art workshops and public participatory installations have focused on creative care and healing art. Her husband served 20 years as a naval officer. Her son-in-law, a 16-year Navy helicopter pilot, continues to serve and her young son is training to be a Navy pilot. Pamela's current art prize work, Yellow Ribbon, in partnership with Kent County Veterans Services, honors those with invisible wounds and helps raise awareness for PTSD, military sexual trauma, veteran homelessness, and veteran suicide. Her second art prize role for this year includes co-curating a collection of 21 veteran art pieces called Voices with Michael Hyacinth, from Hast's Heart, also in partnership with Kent County Veterans Services. Voices will be showcased at Veterans Memorial Park during Art Prize. Pamela mentored several of the veteran artists for this Art Prize collection. She currently teaches veteran art workshops for Kent County Veteran Services. Welcome to the show, Pamela. Thank you, Director Adams. And uh, Martha Burkett is currently employed as the Director of Kent County Veteran Services. Ms. Burkett, Ms. Burkett has previously employed as the Director of Armorello Recovery for Alcohol and Drugs, Substance Abuse Section at Headquarters Marine Corps, Counseling Psychologist for the United States Army in Europe, and Program Administrator for the State Bar of Michigan Lawyers and Judges Assistance Program. She has also been employed as a counselor in the public and private sectors. Welcome to the show, Martha. Thank you so much, Director Adams. Uh, so both of you ladies, I know that you've been working together um, on arts and today's show is about veterans and the arts and healing through arts. And I know uh, with a lot that's going on uh, with COVID and now Afghanistan and just the whole plethora of things that are going on, I know that you all are probably busy or even 
even more thoughtful in the art space as to how you can help. But, you know, before we get into the art piece, I want to talk a little bit about uh, your desire and drive to be a part of this type of program. And so I wanted to start with you, um, Paula, Pamela, I'm sorry, uh, Pamela. And first off, I want to thank you for your service as a spouse and a mother um, and a mother-in-law of those who are serving. Thank you. You know, I, you know, I am, I am a veteran, but I'm also a spouse of a veteran. And so I don't know if there's any different challenges being a veteran as well, but I know being a spouse for sure, that definitely can be challenging when your spouse is dealing with some things. How, how have you taken your experience as a spouse, as a mother, as a mother-in-law of, of those serving and, and poured it into what you're doing now? So uh, as my, as a new bride uh, moving out to Lemoore Naval Air Station and the San Joaquin Valley in Central California, I had the heat and the tumbleweeds blowing across my front yard. And it was, it was lonely at first. I realized that my husband just moved right into a community with his workspace and his long hours, but I had to work very hard to form a community. So I understand the moving and then moving our children. Once we had children, moving our children across the country and giving them acclimated to new places. And then it's a completely different thing. I started with my son-in-law serving and him sometimes having dangerous duty as a helicopter pilot and realizing, wow, he's my daughter's husband and the father of my grandchildren. So really feeling that quite deeply and concerned for his safety at times. And then it was a completely different emotion when my youngest son quickly joined the military, kind of surprised us. He had one career track and all of a sudden it just switched. And he is also um, currently in flight school. Today was his second flight. And, you know, again, it's just a new kind of thing as a mother. It was different as a wife, and now it's as a mother. So I don't know the veteran experience, but I do know the family experience, and I feel that. So I feel like that transforms from my personal experience to my empathy for others and my empathy for veterans and their loved ones and what they're going through. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think, you know, there's also that consideration that spouses are dealing with things as well and now mothers, right? Uh, so um, congratulations on your son's second flight today and um, we'll definitely be keeping him close to our, our, our hearts as he continues to serve. Um, you know, Martha, I know that you've done a lot with, you know, the Marine Corps and the Army and, and so what, what, what drove your desire to want to be a part of the Kent County Veteran Services? to be a part of the Kent County Veterans Services. Well, I had worked in Amarillo, Texas, um, and I helped to open a comprehensive treatment program there where we served veterans. Um, we served civilians as well, but we had a separate track for the veterans. And um, in that program, we had some kind of alternative therapies that were available to them. And what I noticed was that the veterans really responded to the art and the auricular acupuncture uh, particularly. But I mean, they also enjoyed yoga, Tai Chi, equine assisted therapy. They really kind of gravitated towards those activities. They were getting their psychoeducational uh, information at the VA, but they got these other opportunities with us and we got really positive feedback from it. And so when um, that company was sold to a for-profit entity. I started looking for other jobs and I saw this position in Michigan and, and Michigan is home. So I thought, why not? So I came here and it's been really uh, 
exciting and challenging and um, kind of thrilling to be able to introduce the, that kind of programming here in Kent County. Well, and that's that's great. And, and you know, it takes a passion to really serve this population. And, and so, you know, I, I think about the arts and I think about some of the things, you know, when I was uh, when I was over the Women Veterans Program, we would have this whole agenda for retreats that we would do. And one of the agenda items was to make sure we had a creative opportunity, whether it be creative writing, whether it be, uh, you know, a canvas art, whether it be making, you know, garden stones, whatever it was. Yeah. And, I, and I noticed year after year, every time we, we would have all of these things on the schedule to do afterwards, but we never could move on because they were stuck in the arts piece. And so really found that it was, it was that therapeutic piece where they were communicating, they were sharing their stories and they were getting their, 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 uh, I don't know if it was their aggression or stress or anxiety out through the art, but it was, I think there was a combination of those things. And so I want to kind of start diving into that to talk about what have you seen through the arts before we really get into some of the things you've been doing? Well, you know, I mean, I first implemented those things at that program in Amarillo, and it was based on science, you know, and what I had learned was that those kinds of activities were particularly helpful for people who had trauma, because what happens is that trauma changes the brain. And what happens is that the neural pathways uh, get get kind of hijacked by the by the hormones that are produced by stress and by trauma. And so that becomes the natural thing. So if somebody with a lot of trauma experiences some kind of stimulation, it'll go zoom straight to the place of fight or flight. And what these interventions do is help people get out of the upper part of the brain where the squirrel cage thinking is and into the lower part of the brain where they can hit the relaxation and, and, in that relaxation mode, it actually releases chemicals that help to retrain the neural pathways in the brain. So it actually helps to heal trauma. And these interventions are wonderful because you don't have to make somebody tell their story in order to benefit by engaging in them. And because I think that one of the things, um, you know, as a therapist, I've been aware, and there's studies about this, that making people tell their story over and over re-traumatizes them a lot of the time, Mm -hmm. and it doesn't necessarily help them move on. And so rather than get, and veterans are pretty reserved anyway. I mean, they're not necessarily going to want to just jump in right there. Um, But uh, if you can get them engaged in it, then you know, it's kind of like their body and their brain take over. And that's very empowering. Well, and I, 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 I think that that's an excellent point. And when we come back on the veterans perspective, we're going to talk a little bit more, more about that trauma, as well as some of the actual things you're doing at, with artists. So stay tuned. We'll be right back on the veterans perspective. Welcome back to the Veterans Perspective, presented by the Michigan Veterans Affairs Agency. Now back to your host, director of the MVAA, Zanetta Adams. We're back on the Veterans Perspective, and we've been speaking with Pamela Alderman and Martha Burkett. 
And, and you know, we were just talking about arts and trauma. And, you know, uh, I would say that, you know, I think it's so important what you mentioned, Martha. And I think it's interesting that people think that trauma has to be this big traumatic thing, right? They think that, oh, if I wasn't, you know, blown up and, you know, in, 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 in overseas or, or some other big traumatic thing, that my divorce was not necessarily traumatic or my, my, um, my injury uh, falling off a truck, I'll use my example, when maybe was not that traumatic. And so then they don't think that these services or opportunities apply to them. Um, Pamela, you know, either Pamela or Martha, what, do, do you see that? Do you think that sometimes that that's some of the barriers? I know that for a fact. I've had veterans tell me that, you know, you know, what, what happened to me was not that bad. What happened to me, I'm not physically disabled. What happened to me, you know, I know so many other people who didn't even make it back. How, how dare I complain about my back injury or my, uh, my PTSD or, you know, whatever the issue happens to be. And so, you know, veterans are proud and humble at the same time. And so, um, it's sometimes difficult to engage them on that level and get them to acknowledge vulnerability in that way. They think they're acknowledging vulnerability if they say, yes, my trauma really hurt me and I'm still really affected by it. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's partly, sometimes it has to do with family uh, acculturation, but it also has to do with the military culture and what they're indoctrinated to in terms of you have to be 10 foot tall and bulletproof and you got to put your thoughts and your feelings to the side and you just have to be ready to follow directions and take orders. And so they learn that really well. And so then when it does come time where it might be helpful to share feelings and thoughts about things, they're kind of reticent to do do so. And they don't really have a lot of practice at it if they've been in the military for any length of time. So there are lots of factors like that. But yeah, definitely. I think they minimize their own experience compared to somebody else's because they've seen something worse. And well, sadly, I- there are really extreme examples of trauma in the military. Yeah. And I think a lot of it is too, is that we are, we are trained to be the protector, to be yeah. the strong person. And so it's really hard to not be the protector. And, and so I want to, I want to talk to you, Pamela, a little bit about, um, some of the things that you're doing through this art prize program um, and working with veterans. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so it's exciting. We ha- I have two roles this year. I'm an art prize artist, which I've been for 10 years. So this is my 11th year. And through Kent County Veterans Services, they partnered with me to create Yellow Ribbon. And Yellow Ribbon involved over 100 veterans, our, 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 our veteran art workshops that we had over the course of two years and it involved uh, veterans and their families ranging from two years old to 92, and sometimes three generations were involved in the project. And so we did these three large abstract trees that'll be shown at Veterans Memorial Park, and the it'll represent the veteran stories and also the veteran struggles with the PTSD, the military sexual trauma, the veteran homelessness, and the veteran suicide. But then I have a second project in that sort of with also with Kent County Veteran Services where I met Michael Hyacinth at Veterans Memorial Park. And he said, well, what if we host your art prize work here, Yellow Ribbon? And I said, well, that's a great idea. But how about if we then fill the park up with 21 veteran entries, which is what we did. So I helped coach and, and curate 21 veteran entries 
and representing these same um, military uh, struggles with the PTSD, these invisible injuries, the military sexual trauma, the homelessness, and this veteran suicide. And so each of these stories will be represented in our 21 pieces. And uh, we will also have an interactive component where people, the audience can write on a yellow ribbon and write a note to the veteran artists, or the, these notes will be sent to active duty military members overseas. So um, we feel like this is a way to draw the community together and an opportunity to do good. Well, I'm sure that there are veterans listening right now. Um, is this project closed? Are you looking to do another project somewhere else where you're accepting more veterans? Well, you know what? We have our veteran art workshops uh, that I do with Kent County Veteran Services, and those are every month. So they could contact Kent County Veteran Services and join those uh, ongoing art workshops right now. But the art prize work for this year is closed, but they can contact us again for next year's opportunity. That's great. And so, um, you know, how I would say, um, you know, we talked a little bit about some of the art. Um, you know, Martha, what would you say to people who don't think that they're creative? I mean, we're talking about art, artwork, and we're talking about people maybe that are more left-brained, but, you know, I think that there are some right-brained individuals, too, who could benefit from that. So what, what would you say to those folks who are like, yeah, art's not for me? Yeah, I would say, did you color when you were a little kid? <laughs> you know, it's kind of, uh, it, it's not about being perfect. It's not about um, creating an excellent product. It's about having the experience. It's really about the experience and letting your creative, what, your creativity come out because everybody has creativity. They may not be an excellent artist, but everybody has creativity in them. And this is an opportunity to kind of let that flow and tap into a different part of the brain that you're not usually tapping into. And so I would just say, you know what? Nobody's grading your paper. Um, this is for you to enjoy and, you know, maybe learn something about yourself from it and just give it a shot. You know, no, a lot of the, most of the people who are in our workshops are not professional artists. They come because they want to learn more about art maybe, but also because they've done it enough that they recognize that it's good for them. It provides relaxation and, and uh, the joy on people's faces when they create something is really something to see. Yeah, that's, you know, that, that is so true. Every art uh, opportunity that I've had has really been, it's been relaxing and I'm, I'm really proud of the work that I've been able to bring home uh, to, to, to showcase like those uh, coloring pages that you talked about. Um, uh, uh, Pamela, I, you know, I wanted to talk a little bit more about um, what types of art are you doing? So are you, is it painting only? Is it, is it hands-on like creating things? Like what does that look like? So I work with a multiple mediums so that uh, veterans get an experience of working with all kinds of things, paint and collage and even maybe light sculptures. And so this gives them, you know, maybe they'll find their niche and, oh, I love to paint or, oh, I love to work in clay or, you know, just all the different mediums that one could use. And um, we're, I also wanted to mention that we're going to have this uh, Kent County Veteran Services is sponsoring this huge event on our Art Prize opening on Saturday, September 18, from 1230 to 3 at Veterans Memorial Park. And that's where veterans can come. They can, they can come anytime during Art Prize, but this is our opening program. And they can see what kinds of things have our veterans made. And wow, I might be interested in making something like that. 
and then they could join these veteran art workshops. You know, that's an excellent point. So what are the dates of Art Prize? So the Art Prize dates are um, Thursday, September 16 through Sunday, October 3rd. But then this opening event we have is that first Saturday of Art Prize, September 18 at 1230 to 3. And Martha has some cool things lined up. One of them is the hooligans are going to give an air show. So we have some fun things. We have children's entertainment. We have, you know, it's going to be a great, fun family day. Well, I'm looking forward to sharing that information. Can you just give uh, folks a website, Martha, where they can find out more information about what you're doing or maybe your Facebook page? Uh, w, uh, shoot. You didn't ask me that. Can I get that to you later? I, yep. <laughs> I'm not yep. at my... That's the right. And you can always, yep, no problem. And you can always search Kent County Veterans Affairs on Google and you can find out more information about uh, what they're doing. And then we will make sure we share that information on our Facebook page. I want to thank both of you all so much for joining us today. Thank you, Director Adams. And if you haven't uh, uh, been able to see any of the work, check them out on September 18th and you can find out more information about where you can go and what you will see out there at Art Prize. Um, thank you again for joining us. I also want to thank Ted Mayer for joining us today to talk about uh, SCARS. And we hope that you will seek assistance if you need it. There's always a Veterans Crisis Line. You can give them a call at 1-800-MISHVET. I'm sorry, that's 1-800-273-8255-PRESS-1. That's the Veterans Crisis Line. And you can give us a call at 1-800-MISHVET. That's 1-800-642-4838. See you next week on The Veterans Perspective.